Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Bible prophecy is centered around the nation of Israel. If you want to know where we are on the prophecy calendar, just look at them. In today's message, Pastor J.D. discusses again the peace treaty underway between Israel and many surrounding nations. This is straight out of prophecy. Jesus' return is so very near. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 4th, 2020. Number two, the orchestrated chaos in America under the banner of bringing order out of chaos to America. By the way, you can take out a $1 bill and look on the back, and that's what it says, order out of chaos. And number three, the controlled demolition of the world's economies and governments with the explosives of this COVID-19 test-demic. Hear me out. You'll forgive me for calling it a test-demic, and not a pandemic, not even a case-demic, no, a test-demic. And I have two reasons for calling it a test-demic, the first of which is that the current PCR tests not only result in false positives, they don't actually tell you that you have an active virus. In other words, a positive COVID PCR test is not synonymous with a COVID case. A case is when someone is diagnosed with an infectious disease. The second reason, it's the profound disparity, and it is profound, between positive tests and actual deaths, which by the CDC's own admission were only about 10,000 solely attributed to COVID in the U.S. Even if you take all the deaths that have COVID on the death certificates, despite the deceased not dying from COVID, the CDC survival rate is between 94.6% and 99.99%. Let me hasten to say, and I always have to say this, I am not saying that there is not a virus. I am saying there is not a pandemic. There is a testemic. 
All right, let's get started. I had to lay the groundwork for this one. I think you'll see why here in a moment. But let's start with Israel. God's prophetic clock, as it's been said, you want to know what time it is in Bible prophecy? <laughs> Look at Israel. Look at Jerusalem. Look at the Temple Mount. I like how one described it. The clock is Israel. The minute hand is Jerusalem, and the second hand is the Temple Mount. That's what time it is on God's prophetic clock. And as such, we, I think, would do well to understand Bible prophecy in this regard, and specifically as it relates to the race, and it is a race, towards peace and security by weight of the recent peace agreements. Bible prophecy tells us that there will be a seven-year peace covenant, and at the midpoint, the three and a half year mark, the Antichrist will commit an abomination that causes desolation. But God. But God protects His people for the last three and a half years of the seven year tribulation. This is in the book of Revelation. And then at the end, and this is the purpose of the tribulation, it's for the salvation of the Jewish nation. This is the time of Jacob's trouble, Daniel's 70th week. Not the church, Jacob, Israel. So God is going to protect His people, the Jewish people. Because, by the way, um, let me just parenthetically say, God has a covenant with the Jew. God is not through with the Jew. And that's an Arab telling you that. How about that? Well, here's the thing. God has a covenant with the Jew, but so too does God have a covenant with me and you. If God is through with the Jew, then can I just ask, how secure are you? I'll let that sink in. No, God has a covenant with the Jew, and God's people at the end of the seven-year tribulation, because that's the purpose of the tribulation, will come to salvation in their true Messiah. Romans 11, verses 25 through 27, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, listen, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob, Israel. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Zechariah 12 verse 10, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication, 
Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. This brings us to the orchestrated and choreographed chaos in America and the future of America as it relates to her conspicuous absence from the pages of Bible prophecy. I'm keenly aware that there are those who believe that America is Babylon, and I understand how you get there. But here's the thing, that still comports with prophecy such that no nation in the end stands with Israel. Zechariah 12, all the nations of the earth are gathered against her. Ezekiel 38, (laughs) this is interesting, not only are there no nations that come to the defense of Israel, God at the conclusion of this devastating defeat of this alliance of nations that comes against Israel to invade Israel, God says, I'm going to defeat them, and I'm going to do it in such a way it'll be so decisive and so miraculous and so supernatural that nobody can take the credit for it. Nobody can touch the glory, because I share my glory with no man. Then, he says, they will know that I am the Lord your God. They will not be able to come to any other conclusion, because think about it. Here's little itsy bitsy Israel. Nobody's standing with them. Where's America? Not there. Not there. Have you seen a map lately of these invading nations? Russia, Iran, Turkey, et al. All? And they're all going to invade Israel, and Israel will emerge victorious. How did that happen? But God, but God, that's how, (laughs) that's the only way. So, America, or Babylon, if you prefer, still falls. But God is using this to turn multitudes to, and even back to, the true and living God. Please hear me out. God is using this to bring people to Him, to bring people back to Him. People have lost everything. Good. Wow, pastor, where's the love? No, hear me out. As one famously said, You'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Dare I say that in America today, heretofore, we've had it too good. And that's why we're soft. We're too comfortable. We've had it too good. When the Israelites forsook God, forgot God, because they had it good. And it's cyclical throughout the Old Testament. 
God blesses Israel, they prosper, and then they forget God, and then God has to get their attention, so He allows them to be taken captive by enemy nations, and then they repent, and then He brings them back and restores them, and then they get comfortable again, and He blesses them, and they forget God again, and then back into captivity they go. Lest we be too harsh on the Israelites, we would do well to consider our own lives. Is that not what we do? The Scriptures are replete with numerous passages about how God will allow, use adversity to bring people to Him, back to Him. Over the years I've (laughs) made this statement If you want to grow the church, persecute the church. And even as I would say that, there's a part of me that's saying, but but don't persecute the church. (laughs) As I was uh, spending time with the Lord, preparing for today's update, I I just, uh, I'm just going to speak from my heart and just share my heart with you that the church in America today is being sifted and uh, the adversity and the persecution has really been telling. And I would go as far as to say that there are what's coming out of this is a very clear picture of whether or not you have a lukewarm church of Laodicea or the persecuted church of Smyrna. Revelation chapters 2 and 3, you have seven letters to seven churches. The second of the seven churches was Smyrna, and the seventh was Laodicea. Smyrna was the persecuted church, and Laodicea the lukewarm church. And you know what's interesting about these two churches? By the way, Smyrna and Philadelphia, which we'll talk about here in a moment, are the only two of the seven churches for which there is no rebuke from Jesus. The other five... particularly Laodicea. You know why? Because Laodicea was so prosperous. They had it so good. They were so wealthy. Things were going so well. They had completely forgot about the Lord. So much so that Jesus was no longer inside the church. Where's Jesus? Oh, He's on the outside knocking to come back in. All six churches prior to the seventh Laodicea, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, to the angel of the church of Smyrna, to the angel of the church of Thyatira, to the angel of the church of Pergamum, to the angel of the church of Sardis, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. And when you get to Laodicea, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Did you catch that? Oh, that's different than the other six. What do you, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, it's not my church anymore. It's their church. And the name is the nature. 
Because Laodicea is the combination of two English words, laity and diocese. In other words, the laity rule, the laity decide. They're in charge, not me. I've been kicked out. I'm no longer welcome there. That's why I'm on the outside of this church asking to come back in and sup with them and them with me. Why is Jesus on the outside of the church? Oh, because, whoa, have you seen this church? Woo! This is a happening church, man. Uh, by the way, you might have considerable difficulty trying to recognize it as a church because it actually looks like a rock concert. But anyway, it's, it's a happening place, man. Contrast with the church of Smyrna. You know what the name Smyrna means? Comes from myrrh, a bitter herb until it's crushed, and then it releases a magnificent fragrance. This was the crushed, persecuted church. And you know what's really interesting? The church in Smyrna was poor but rich, whereas Laodicea was rich but poor. Listen to this, Revelation 2.9, Smyrna, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. Revelation 3.17, Laodicea, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. Well, that's apparent, you don't even need Jesus. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. That's what happens. We prosper, we acquire wealth, and we have no need of anything. As heartbreaking as it is, this crisis has exposed the Laodicean church, particularly in America. Oh, you can go to other countries. You can go to the Middle East. I think about Egypt, my father's birthplace. I actually subscribe to a YouTube channel, Better Life. These are Egyptian brothers and sisters. And I got to tell you, I cannot watch a video of them worshiping because I just, I weep uncontrollably. In, in one regard, I'm just, I'm so edified. But on the other side, I'm, I'm so ashamed. I mean, they worship with tears streaming down their face. And it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus, because that's all they have. Wouldn't it stand a reason that God is allowing this, if for no other reason, than for the Laodicean church to repent? I even think about the first church, Ephesus. Some 35 years has gone by. And they had left their first love. Not lost, 
left. There's a difference. That's deliberate. Losing's not deliberate. Leaving is deliberate. They left their first love. And Jesus says, you need to return to the first works, what worked at first. You know that first love? (laughs) By the way, this is a, a great letter for marriages. You know, yeah, we're just kind of, you know, falling out of love. Really? Yeah, I just don't, I don't feel it anymore. Oh, really? So we're, it's by feelings now. Yeah. No, go back and do what you did when you were first courting her, sir. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Now the feelings will come. You'll see. Do the first works, what worked at first. Repent, return, and repeat. Do what you did at first, and watch what happens. Remember what it was like when you first came to Christ? Oh my goodness. You were, it's kind of like when my wife and I, we we courted for two years, we've been married for 32 years. The way we used, we have home video of the way we used to talk to each other when we were first married. Oh, it was so sappy. I wonder, do we do that with the Lord? No condemnation, maybe conviction. Last but certainly not least is the aforementioned COVID-19 testemic, which I truly believe with all of my heart is ushering in the seven-year tribulation. And the reason I believe that is because once the global governments and economies collapse, There's going to be this great reset. That's what they call it, the great reset. And at its core, they have in place, the technology is already there, a global digital currency. Then, again, at the three and a half year mark of the seven year tribulation, Revelation chapter 13 tells us, that the Antichrist will demand to be worshipped and force all to take a mark in their forehead or forehand, without which they will not be able to buy or sell. Just this last week, probably heard about this, very interesting, Amazon announced Amazon One, which allows you to, quote, pay with your palm, one scan does it all. Oh, how convenient. Quoting, Amazon One simplifies everyday interactions. It's a free contactless service that lets you use your palm to pay, enter, or identify yourself. Do you realize that ID 2020, ID 21, pardon me, will have a digital ID for everyone and everything on planet earth. And it will be tracked and it will be traced. Jesus is returning. This fact is one we can get excited about despite any circumstances we find ourselves in. Jesus will return one day to rid this earth of every evil thing that's destroying it. 
He'll once and for all take down the enemy and establish his kingdom in our midst. How soon will this amazing event occur? The Bible tells us that no one knows the exact date, but it does give us clues about events that will take place as it nears. This is why Pastor J.D. has created these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The Mideast Bible Prophecy Update is a focused look at current events through the lens of prophecy. The Bible has given us clear indicators of what's to come, and we can see many of these events happening all around the world today. Join us each week for an in-depth look at what the Bible has to say about current events on these Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates. The latest updates are available on the In Spirit and Truth YouTube channel, and you'll find a link to our page by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also access these teachings through our mobile app for Apple and Android devices. Just search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store, or follow the links provided at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. With this app, you can take the Mideast Bible Prophecy Updates with you wherever you go, as well as give you access to many other teachings Pastor J.D. has shared from the pages of Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth.